Welcome, Imaginators. Sit back, buckle in, and ignite your imagination. I'm Joey Massio, the author and creator of Imaginate. I want to start this episode off by giving a shout out to one of our KidCast buddies, Chloe's Friendship Circle. They are also a part of the wonderful Kids Listen team. Chloe is an eight-year-old who intelligently hosts her own podcast. What better role model for young kids can you get? And this week, Chloe's Friendship Circle is celebrating their 50th episode. 50! We are a baby compared to her, and she's only eight. On her 50th episode, Chloe goes over three crafts kids will love, including Valentine's Day slime, which could also probably double as Halloween slime, just saying. Go check her out on iTunes or at chloesfriendshipcircle.com. Here's a recap of the last episode of Imaginate. After Nate had a crazy run-in with a rainstorm of pine cones, he created the Hamburgernator, a machine that creates delectable hamburgers out of thin air, to prove to his two friends, Alex and Thomas, that he can, indeed, create things with his mind. What Nate calls Imaginate Things. They feasted on hamburgers all day long. Then, in the middle of the night, Nate woke up with an incredible hunger pain and ate everything he could find in the fridge. And now, Imaginate, The Man with the Red Umbrella, Episode 8, The Rules. At school the next morning, Nate told his friends about what happened. He was surprised to find out both Alex and Thomas had similar experiences. In the middle of the night, they woke up starving beyond belief. Thomas ate 22 bowls of cereal. Alex ate the entire stash of junk food stored under his mattress. All during class, Nate thought about what could have gone wrong. Did the machine have a flaw? Were his other inventions flawed too? Nate wasn't sure. He was never able to keep them around long enough to see. Wait a minute. I've never been able to keep my imaginations long enough. Nate thought he might be onto something, but he needed to see the hamburgernator again to be sure. After school, the three boys went to Nate's backyard. Thomas removed the rock. The ground where they had buried the machine was sunken in. Alex dug up the dirt and pulled out the grocery bag. It was empty. Nate nodded his head. I know what's going on. Yeah, your brother's a jerk. He stole our hamburger machine. No, it's not him. Do do you think it's the man with the red umbrella? No. Nate sat on the rock. The mystery float. Do you remember what time the security guard said it went missing? Thomas sat on the grass and thought for a second. Between 11.45 and 12.15 at night. They'll never find it because it wasn't stolen. The things I imaginate disappear at midnight. What? Alex sniffed the grocery bag. I think I can still smell spicy flame cheesy puffs. 
He eyed the inside of the bag for crumbs. Think about it. The mystery float was stolen while it was locked up and guarded, with no evidence left behind, and they haven't been able to find it. Alex sunk his head all the way into the bag. That's because the master thieves who stole it are selling it in pieces on the black market. Which makes more sense, your story or mine? N none of it makes sense, really. Why m midnight? Why can I create things with my mind? I have no idea, but it doesn't stop it from being true. So, Spencer didn't steal the robo-robber. Alex turned the grocery bag inside out. No, I guess not. But that doesn't make him not a jerk. No, of course not. The robo-robber disappeared during the night, but all the stuff that it stole was left behind. Then what happened last night? Why w weren't the hamburgers left behind? Yeah. Alex put a hand on his large belly. It felt like they were ripped out of my stomach. Because they were. Nate stood. The burgers were a part of my invention, and if it disappeared at midnight, it would make sense that anything that was a part of it would disappear too. Ah, uh, I get it. That would explain why the hamburger Nader is gone, but the bag we put it in is still there. Exactly. Exactly. Actually, no, I don't get it. Alex licked the grocery bag. His face turned sour. That was not cheesy powder. That's what I'm saying. There wouldn't be anything left. Thomas stood up. We should r r run a t t t test Good idea. Sleepover? Tonight? Yeah. Probably sure. Awesome. I'll imaginate something, and we can see if it disappears at midnight. Cool. What are we going to make before then? I was thinking the new squadron of Uncle Sam action figures, a couple of blow-up chairs, and a vanilla ice cream machine. That'll be one epic night! Nate thought for a moment. No, I can't. Alex put a comforting hand on Nate. Dude, you can make it chocolate if you want. No, I mean, I don't think I can imaginate all that stuff. Remember when I tried to imaginate the CTV for you guys and couldn't? The cookie TV? How can I forget? I think... I think I can only imagine one thing a day. There seems to be a lot of r rules to this. Yeah, and I want to know what they are before we start going crazy with this. So we will be going crazy with this. Nate smiled. Most definitely. The Wall Street Mega Company was a swarm of busy businessmen busily going about their business. The Wall Street Mega Company WSMC, was the most successful of all businesses on Wall Street, doing whatever businesses on Wall Street do. If you wanted some business done, they could do it better than anyone. That was because they had a secret. This secret was guarded by the top security company in the world, Thomas and Guys. Thomas was Thomas. Alex and Nate were the guys. They have protected everything from the Hope Diamond to the Queen's Jewels. They've even kept the President's prized poodle safe from terrorists. The WSMC brought them in because they were the best, and they needed the best to protect their secret. Their secret was a pencil. It wasn't just any pencil. It was a number three pencil. 
Not only was it a step above the usual pencil, but it was rumored to have been given the power of extreme luck from a witch doctor in Mongolia. Whoever had this number three pencil would succeed in whatever business they did. The CEO of the WSMC got the number three pencil from an old lady one stormy night in exchange for a cup of soup. Now the WSMC was unstoppable. Rumor had it, their business enemies were sending in corporate spies to try and steal it. Hence, Thomas and Guys. Thomas and his loyal guards stood in the grand lobby of the WSMC building and watched every businessman with suspicion. Each businessman wore a black suit, carried a briefcase, and had really nice hair. One of them was the corporate spy. But which one? Businessmen all over the lobby got on and off elevators, rode up and down escalators, and talked on really nice cell phones. Then, Alex noticed one particular businessman step into the lobby. That's the spy, Alex pointed. How do you know? Look at his tie. All the businessmen wore black and blue striped ties. This one looked no different. I don't see anything suspicious. All the other businessmen have ties with stripes that slant left to right. Alex paused for effect. His stripes slant right to left. Good eye. Let's get him. They approached the spy straight on, but he saw them coming. The spy quickly pressed a button on his briefcase. The case flopped open and marbles spilled all over the floor. Marbles, Thomas eyed the spy. Do you think this is a cartoon or something? The spy smiled and put on a pair of sunglasses. Nate looked at them closer. Those aren't marbles, watch out! Each marble exploded in a bright flash of light, one after another. It felt like they were being assaulted by paparazzi with painfully bright camera flashes. When all 182 marbles had exploded, and the three security guards could finally see again, the spy was gone. The super-secret vault on the top floor! The three booked it to the super-secret vault on the top floor. They arrived at the vault entrance. Nate analyzed the thick metal door. (sighs) It looks like it hasn't been breached. We better check inside to be safe. Each of them plucked a hair off their head and put it on the scanner by the vault door. The scanner flashed green, and a robotic voice declared, Access granted. Steam hissed as the vault door opened up. In the middle of the metallic vault, on a silver pedestal, on a little cushion, was the number three pencil. Bright yellow, with a perfectly sharp tip, and a flawless eraser. Alex wiped the sweat off his forehead. Woo! It's still here! The vault door slammed shut behind them. The three turned to see the spy standing there with a machine gun. Thanks for letting me in. I couldn't have done it without you. Now hand me the number three pencil and no one... The vault door flew open, knocking down the spy. Nate's dad came into the vault. Hey guys, would you mind keeping it... uh, down? 
Mr. Spelling said, slightly thrown off. He was used to seeing peculiar scenes in his son's room, especially during sleepovers, but this one was particularly strange. It wasn't the action figure holding a machine gun he had knocked over when he came in, or the marbles all over the floor. But the most odd thing was all three boys were standing around a pillow with a pencil on it. Sorry, Dad. Nate stepped in front of the pillow. It wouldn't normally be a problem, kiddo, but your grandpa is asleep in the living room. Grumps made a habit of dozing off in the recliner during his visits. Nate's grandma would leave him there and retrieve him in the morning. Before Mr. Spelling closed the door, he said, You guys should probably go to bed soon. It's almost midnight. The three boys had completely lost track of time. It was 11.53 p.m. With Nate's dad gone, they turned to the object Nate had imaginated for the experiment. The number three pencil. To keep things from getting out of hand, or his parents walking in and seeing a giant robot or a toy that had never been invented, Nate figured a simple object, like a pencil, would be a safe idea. It was a good thing, too. Other than the weird look from his dad, his parents were none the wiser. If he had taken a closer look, he would have seen a number three etched on the side of the pencil, along with the brand name, Nate Inc. When Nate imaginated the pencil earlier that evening, it appeared in midair up in the corner of his room, bounced off a shelf, and fell behind his dresser. They were just happy it didn't appear outside, or even worse, across the hall in Spencer's room. With just minutes till midnight, the boys sat around the pencil in a circle. Nate reached over and took his pillow out from under it. I don't want it to explode a part of my pillow or something when it happens. Thomas nodded. Who knows what's going to happen? All three scooted away from the pencil. Do you think things are going to, you know, change? Well, yeah, the pencil will be gone. No, not this. I mean, things, you know. Alex picked up an old tennis ball and threw it over to Thomas. Thomas caught it. What do you mean? He threw the ball to Nate. Like in comic books or movies. When someone gets special powers, they always have to leave their friends and join some special government task force or secret group of superheroes who are trying to save the Earth from total destruction. You mean like us? Are we going to change? No way. We've made it through all five years of elementary school. Nate tossed the tennis ball to Alex. Six if you count kindergarten. Besides, I don't think the government has a task force of superheroes. Not that you know of. Alex threw the ball to Thomas. But still, something's gotta change. It's like the law of physics or something. Maybe it'll be a girl. That happens a lot in movies. A girl? Alex frowned. But we don't hang out with girls. That doesn't mean we don't want to. Thomas grinned at Nate. Nate's face turned a little pink. Why are you looking at me? Heather Lane. Thomas threw the tennis ball to Nate. Nate fumbled and dropped the ball. Now he went completely red. Alex gasped. From the untouchable trio? You can't hang out with her. She's untouchable. And they're a trio. 
If we hung out with them, it'd be a 6-0. And who would want to? They're jerks. They're not jerks just because they don't talk to you. Or look at you, or move out of the way for you, or acknowledge that you exist? Thomas nodded apologetically. They're kind of jerks, Nate. What do I care? They're not my friends. You guys are. Alex perked up. One more minute. The clock showed 11.59. The three of them kept one eye on the pencil and one on the clock. Nate wasn't sure what to expect. Would it just disappear, or would it be like a time warp effect? Would a black hole open up and suck the pencil back to whatever place it came from? What if there were little tiny creatures that came and took it away, like elves or something? Maybe elves made my stuff for me. Like that story about the old man who made shoes. How would they know what I was thinking? Mind-reading elves? It was the longest minute of their lives. Just when they thought the minute had to be over, it seemed like it went on for another 45 seconds. Then. It happened. 12 a.m. The only change in the room was the numbers on the clock. The number three pencil still lay on the floor. It's still here. Alex scratched his head. What? What does that mean? All three sat in silence, thinking. Nate got up and paced back and forth. He was at a loss. This doesn't make sense. Unless Spencer did steal the robo-rubber. And Master Thieves did steal the mystery float. Or maybe someone else did. Nate thought real hard. If my imaginations are still out there, then maybe someone is collecting them. But who? Alex threw his hands in the air. Master Thieves! No. Nate stopped pacing. The man with the red umbrella. Maybe he's taking everything. Why? And how? Alex's eyes went wide. Maybe he's like a crazy stalker and he's collecting all your imaginations and keeping them in a vault somewhere and his crazed obsession will soon lead him to kidnap you so he can keep you for his very own. The idea sank into Nate's head. Why is that the thing that makes the most sense right now? The pencil vanished in a puff of white vapor. The boys stood in stunned silence. They looked at the clock. 12.03. Nate realized something. Oh yeah, my mom says the clock's ahead a few minutes so we won't be late for school. Voices for this episode were provided by the extremely sought-after Bobby Massio and Michael Rosenbaum. Imaginate theme music by the whimsically-minded Jeffrey Larson. If you've been enjoying Imaginate, please leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you subscribe. And since you brought up subscribing, please subscribe to our show. To stay apprised of all of our appraisals, you can follow us on Twitter at Imaginate Series or like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Imaginate Series. Until next time, Imaginators, and remember... Always choose wonder and amazement over doubt and skepticism. They make better traveling companions every time. <laughs>